0: Welcome to the Gen Xer podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Vargas. This is a podcast that discusses what's going on in the world through the eyes of a Gen Xer. And remember, this podcast doesn't express the view for all Gen Xers, just this particular one. This season, we are discussing some of the biggest conspiracy theories through the eyes of a Gen Xer that had views of them growing up and can't fathom just how accepted they are now. We will start with some simple ones and get into some crazier ones later on. Some episodes will be multi-part, with hopes to not gloss over some of the details, while others will only need one. Hey everyone, wanted to take a minute to thank all of you that have been listening to the new season. Feels really good when people listen to your content, even more so when they keep coming back. One thing I wanted to bring up is donations. I know, you hear it on every podcast you listen to. I do have some ideas for extra content, which could lead to a Patreon. However, I would like to ask for some financial help to get that going. I know, it's a vicious circle. So, I work retail, and it sucks. If there's a way for me to make enough on donations so I can focus on doing this full-time, that would be amazing. Believe me, I know I can't get rich off of this and I'm not looking for that. I look at it as more of a small business. Donations help me expand and create more content, pay the usual bills so I don't have to work a day job. Now, if you would like to help me uh, get this going, you can go to thegenxerpod.com and click on the donate button that will take you to my PayPal account and if you don't like PayPal I have Venmo which is at the lazy geeks underscore ten ten now after some reflection I have decided that this is what I would like to do full-time make more shows and provide them on a patreon update my equipment pay my bills and feed my pets. nothing grandiose nothing nothing gratuitous pretty modest. Most importantly, I don't want to work retail or any job anymore and just put my energies behind this. So if you can help out, that would be incredible. If you can't, spread the word. You know, leave reviews, help uh, get the show out there. We're still, you know, pretty young. The first season was only 12 episodes and you know, we're up to 15 now. So, you know, help get it out there a little more. And, uh, and now, uh, on with the show. For all you Generation X and some older millennials you've definitely heard of the Satanic Panic. While there's still some elements around now, it was a whole other world back in the 80s and early 90s. The country was caught up in this newfound Christian fundamentalism. Parents wouldn't let their kids play with He-Man, learn, uh, listen to certain music, or worried that their daycare center was running an underground Satanic church. Yeah, it was around back then too. Now, if... It was this paranoia about kids being taken and subjected to satanic rituals. Yet there was never ev- any evidence. What, When examined, kids never showed any signs of actually being abused. Yet kids never lie. They always tell the truth. Sure, we were all kids once. We all lied. And anyone who says they didn't is a fucking liar. When you look back, especially through YouTube... It seems to lay the whole panic as an 80s thing. But it wasn't just then. You heard it when those two dudes from Columbine shot up their school, parents tried to lay the blame on Marilyn Manson, and I was never a fan of his music, but even I knew that was a load of shit. Or when kids' parents tried to sue Judas Priest over their son's suicide, they claimed their music or a particular song made him do it. I get it. I do. I do. No one wants to believe their son or daughter did something so hurtful on their own. And as I thought about it, it wasn't about their child could do such a thing. It was more selfish than that. It was a negative impact on themselves as parents. How could I raise someone that could do something like that? Was I a bad parent that they could take their own life? But it's that kind of culture we cultivated. A how it makes me look culture. Now, now, that isn't to say they don't grieve. They do. But there is a, the smallest piece that feels sorry for themselves. This whole time was a confluence of events that brought the Salem witch trials back to the modern day. And they're still around now. Now, on to this week's episode, The Satanic Panics. Back in my first episode of the season, I mentioned that a religious resurgence had begun in the early 80s. America had just come out of the 70s. Politically, the country was in ruins. Two terms of the Nixon administration and a single term of Carter. The election of Ronald Reagan brought in a new sense of optimism. He coined himself a a godly president and he courted the religious right and became a man that would restore Christianity into the White House and back into the country. Now, during this time, there was a resurgence in the church. During that time, my sister and brother, both in their mid to late 20s, became born-again Christians. And I was taken out of public school and placed in a Christian private school. Things seemed okay. However, things started to get a little too religiously crazy. There was a time that I couldn't watch He-Man or Thundercats because... They had they were considered satanic. They had occult messages and would invite evil spells into my soul. During that time, Dungeons and Dragons was considered a as bad as a Ouija board. Now, back in the day, I knew nothing about D and D. As I got older, I realized there's a lot of fucking math involved, <laughs> like a lot of math. Obviously, anyone who said D and D was a satanic game never played it. I played it once, and honestly. Was kind of bored. So how did he get that rap? Well, some college kid went missing. And when the cops were conducting an investigation, they asked his friends what he liked to do. They said he liked to play D&D. And that stuck. Somehow, he was possessed and he was in danger. Thing was, he was in danger. The kid was suffering from mental issues and depression. He eventually committed suicide And it was all attributed to the satanic power of D and D. During the 80s and 90s, the proliferation of satanic cults rose to prominence. While there are actual cults in the world at the time, there was nothing that became the formation of the Child Satanic uh, Panic of the 80s. The biggest misconception about this frenetic response is that it wasn't a U.S. only problem. It made a major waves through Canada and the UK. It's important to keep in mind, I was a kid back then. All of this was happening in the background of my childhood. I would hear about daycares being closed due to allegations of satanic cults, using children for sex crimes and animal sacrifices. The McMartin preschool trial was on the news every fucking night. But one thing that struck me as funny was, kids don't lie. (laughs) I remember laughing when I heard that. Have you ever met any kids? Has any parent honestly believed that their kids don't lie? I would hear stuff like, why would kids lie about this? I don't know, to be heard? Like the attention? Or maybe it was because the adults in the room used adult interrogation techniques on children. If you listen to some of these recorded interviews, you could hear the investigators saying that isn't true when the kids said nothing happened. They would ask things like, well, if you would want to see your family again, then tell me the truth. Kids were fucking frightened. To say kids lie is the same as saying, or say, asking why kids lie is the same as saying why do innocent people confess to something they didn't commit? And if you watch enough Dayline, you see some of the nasty tricks police officers use to get someone to confess. Or how they focus on someone when the evidence is pointing in a different direction, or simply looking at the facts. Many people went to prison for years because of the kids' testimonies. Many, uh, regardless of facts, mostly because there wasn't any. Things like this would never go to trial today. Why? Well, when parents would claim their kids was used in a satanic ritual, where there are sexually abused, doctors in nearly all the cases claim that there was no sign of sexual abuse. However, it always struck me as hypocritical. Kids say they're being assaulted and the police investigate. When a teenage girl gets assaulted, no one lifts a finger. They talk about ruining the accused's life. But then again... When someone commits a horrible crime, it's easier to believe they were influenced than by thinking your child isn't right. No one would ever believe their loved one has committed any crime. I had that in my own life. As a kid, I took some money from my mom's purse. Not a huge deal, but it, it was a, it's a big enough deal. So I don't know why I did it. And when I say I don't know why, it's because I don't remember the reason. But I remember the act. But my mom asked me, who taught you to do this? Which I understand because they believe they brought me up better. However, my takeaway was different. I looked at, I looked, I took that into thinking that I wasn't bright enough to come up with it on my own, which I know isn't the thing I should be focusing on, but that's literally how I felt. I was totally offended and pissed more about that than anything else. But I get it. Kids would kill themselves, and if they listened to rock music, you can almost sh- sure be sure that they would either be sued or get a nasty PR issue. Most famously, Judas Priest was sued by a grieving family because they believed their song, Better By You, Better Than Me, had a subliminal message of do it. One of the major issues was the song was a remake of a 1969 version by a band called Spooky Tooth. In 1985, two young men made a suicide pact, went to a playground at a Lutheran church and put a 12-gauge shotgun under their chins and pulled the trigger. One was killed while the other survived, but his face was severely disfigured. The survivor eventually died three years later. Apparently, they were fans of the band and someone sold them on the whole Satanic subliminal message. The case was later dismissed because it was deemed that a subliminal message, if any, did not result in their suicides. Not to mention that any words played backwards would sound like gibberish in the opposite. But you see it on religious pr- programs of the time. If you listen to the words out of context, none of it's discernible. Problem is, is that person showing you will give you the words you're looking for. Thus, your brain is trained to find the words thus proving the presenter's hypothesis. It's very conspiracy theory sort of, kind of, sort of thing, you know? And the problem is that people claim that satanic panic was an 80s thing. It wasn't. It's still around now. Marilyn Manson was the subject of it when two Columbine shooters, the two shooters from Columbine High School, went on their rampage. People jump on the fact that they listened to his music. Now, I'm not a fan of the man, but... No one's music is behind this. And that was in the, what, 1999? Judas Priest vocalist Rob Halford commented that if the band was so inclined to insert subliminal commands into their music, messages commanding their fans to kill themselves would be quite counterproductive. No shit. From the band's perspective, it would be much more practical to insert a command to buy more records regarding the plaintiff's assertion that the statement do it was the command to commit suicide. Halford pointed out that the phrase do it had no direct message to anything in particular. Comedian Bill Hicks referred to the case in his stand-up routine, asking why performers want uh, his audience dead. He performed a sketch mimicking Judas Priest being sick of their wealth and power and fame and coming up with a subliminal message as a solution to their problems. Dennis, uh, comedian Dennis Leary also commented on the trial in his album no cure for cancer great fucking album by the way saying heavy metal bands should put more subliminal messages in their records kill the band kill your parents then yourself but the concept that this was a problem of the last century it's just it's just moronically wrong they are still around QAnon fringe nutjobs talk about the global cabal that drains blood from frightened children so the elites can either drink their blood to so the elites can drink their blood to stay young. People like Hillary Clinton, Tom Hanks, former President Obama, and others have been accused of this. If you kind of notice, it's it's mostly liberals that are accused of doing this. They hear it now in Florida. After the passage of the Don't Say Gay Bill, Disney stood up and decided to loosely condemn it. Now, the hard right is coming at them, calling them pedophile child groomers. They protest, yelling for, um, they protest yelling for the company to stop sexualizing their children. It never went away. Now, all you have to do is disagree with a fringer, and they will call you a pedophile supporter, or even worse, an actual pedophile. Many of the far right use Christianity to back their views. The left is evil, but we have God on our side. People like Alex Jones, a conspiracy theorist, uses Christianity to sort of condone what he says and does. So, when people talk about how Trump brought in alternative facts, I say, they've, all, they've been here all along. Just look at the panic of the 80s. Thanks for tuning in. This show is ad-free, and I'd like to keep it that way. And I can only do that with your support. If you would like to donate to make this podcast and my blog self-sustaining, you can go to thegenxerpod.com and click on that donate button. And if you can't help us out monetarily, you can share it and rate the show on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, or Stitcher. Basically, wherever you can. This will give us bigger exposure all of this helps. Your reviews allow more people to find the show. And you can also check out all the previous season's episodes. And if you would like to read my personal musings on my blog, feel free to. Just go to thegenxerpod.com. You can also stalk me on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at thegen underscore exer or email the show at themailbag at So that is it for me this week. So until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas, and between the battle of the Boomers and Millennials, there are the Gen Xers.